0: Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. So good, so good to be in the house of God. Well, tonight after, um, after the family dinner, I saw they're going to be having, showing the Lion King having a movie, so I encourage you if you want to stick around and um, do that. You know, I think it's so important that we learn to eat together and play together. My family, I apologise, I'm not able to stay for the movie, it actually sounds really fun, but my family are taking me out for for dinner, hallelujah, because I had a birthday on Friday and um, I'm still still not quite grown up yet, hallelujah, I'm 49, hallelujah, that means I'm still not quite there as an adult yet. but I figure maybe next year I'll be a grown-up. hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. Okay, I found someone else, Mike was also born in 1970. Anyone else born in 1970? Hello, there we go, there's three of us. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. All right, I wanna to speak to you today um, about negativity bias and how to avoid it. Hallelujah, let's pray, hey. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your favour today. Thank you for the Word of God, Lord, that's a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. Papa, we're so thankful. We're so so thankful for your wisdom and we ask, Spirit of God, that you'd speak to our hearts. You'd give us, Lord, words that would uh, be able to be applied to our lives and bring forth. Godly fruit in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. I was born, I believe, I think I was born a, an optimist. I just have a general outlook on life, always have had that. My imagination's always going to what could be. And and glass half full mentality. And I'm very grateful for that. I know that there are other people who it's not so natural to be optimistic. Have we got any optimists in the room? Ah, very good. Uh, and, and so I, I generally, that's, that's a general thing for me. If something's bad, I'm always, but something good's going to happen. And that's a great way to live. It's always wonderful to have hope. Hallelujah. Because Uh, Christ is our hope and hope in him does not disappoint. Hallelujah. He makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So we all should be optimists, hallelujah, who have a great hope and a solid foundation on which to base that hope, Amen? amen? Amen. But even optimists have a tendency to somehow still zero in on problems, you might be having ninety-eight percent of things going well in your life, and there's two percent that you feel like things aren't just the way they need to be, or it's just not quite. You haven't got what you feel like you should be having, or or things aren't working the way that you want them to work. And it's it's a natural human tendency to want to zero in on the problem. I am um, I. Res- Tom organized for me to have uh, a month's worth of riding lessons, horse riding lessons for my birthday. And so I've been riding with Emily and it's been really fun. Um, But I was riding uh, the other day and they put these cones out uh, for you to ride around and I'm trotting around and cantering around these cones and my instructor kept saying, don't worry about the cone, just, it, it doesn't matter if you go inside or outside, just, just focus on, on, um, on your position on riding. And, but every time I'd go past this yellow cone, I would get so close to it that I'd get my instructor would be so anxious. He'd be like, we don't want you show jumping, That you know, just, just don't go so close, don't worry about it, don't look at the cone, don't think about the cone, just, but every time I'd come round, it would be so close because what I was focusing on is what I was heading toward. I was focusing on, go around the cone, go around the cone, go around the cone. Ooh, so close every time. But you see, so often we focus on what we're missing out on or focus on the problem or the thing that we're trying to avoid in our lives and we end up instead propelling ourselves toward the very thing that we don't like or we end up growing more of what we don't want in our life. For example, if you were, um, you're frustrated that things are going really well in in many other areas of your life, but there's just this one issue. You might have, for example, um, one of your children not doing so well at school, and they come home with, three A's and a few B's. And instead of focusing on the A's, you're looking at that extra the C plus that, that came in there and, and then thinking about, okay, what can we do to fix this? What can we do? And the more you focus on the problem, the more you create a problem because what you look at is what starts to grow. I see people who have, wonderful lives, great jobs, beautiful family, beautiful children, but they're not quite happy in their marriage and then they start talking about what they don't like about their spouse. Well, my spouse doesn't do this and my spouse doesn't do that and they don't do this and they don't do that. And the more they think about it, the unhappier they become until the, the problem becomes a fixation. The fixation becomes blown out of proportion and before they know it, they're in depression. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit has in the Word of God answers for us to avoid what psychologists call the negativity bias. That is to move toward looking at what isn't perfect, what isn't right, rather than celebrating what is. You know, it's important that we don't ignore problems, that we don't pretend that they're not there, but the problem comes when we start to fixate on the 2% that isn't going well. Now, I believe that the heart of God is that we would learn how to give thanks for the good things that we've got. This isn't just basic psychology, it's a deep spiritual truth. And the Father wants you to live in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, not depression, frustration, and, and misery. But if you focus on the 1% or 2% of what isn't happening the way you want it to be, or the problems that you're facing, or the things that you don't like, the more you think about that, the more you fixate on that, the unhappier you'll become. I remember um, when I was at school uh, in grade one, Evie Tornquist was a thing. Now many of you may have no idea what I'm talking about, but she used to sing this little song. So be thankful for the good things that you got. The good things that you got are for many just a dream. So be thankful for the good things that you got. The good things that you've got are for many just a dream. So be thankful for the good things that you've got. I sang it at a talent quest in grade one. But you know what? The other day, as I was feeling a little discouraged about things, as I was starting to fixate on some problems, the Lord just started to sing this song back to me. So be thankful for the good things that you've got. And it went round and round in my head. I'm like, I oh, this song in my head. But it was the Holy Spirit reminding me that this is the gateway out of discouragement. We enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter his courts with praise. The heart of God is that we would be living in a state of supernatural peace, supernatural joy. And the key, if you're feeling discouraged and depressed, is to begin deliberately to pick up thanksgiving and start thanking the Lord to be thankful for the good things that you've got, to begin to look at it and think, okay, all right, maybe this isn't going so well, but what is? What can I be thankful for today? All right, well, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that I have a home to go to and a bed to sleep in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you when I lie down, I'm not afraid of bombs going off. I live in a peaceful land. Thank you, God. Thank you that I'm an Australian citizen. I'm so grateful for that, Father. Thank you, Lord, that I have a husband and I have children. I'm so thankful for whatever it is, you, as you begin to intentionally, deliberately give thanks, you may not be feeling happy, but if you will deliberately start to engage in thanksgiving on the 90% that you are, excited about, that you are grateful for, then the 10%, the 2%, whatever it is that isn't going as well in your life as it needs to, that becomes a peripheral thing that can be dealt with out of an overflow of joy and thanksgiving rather than becoming the fixation and the cause of your depression. Philippians chapter four talks talks about this. He says in verse eight, in fact, if you read the whole chapter of Philippians 4, it's fantastic. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. He says that to you no matter how you're feeling or whatever circumstance you're, you're living in. That means be happy. Happiness isn't an emotion that's a result of circumstances. It's a choice that you make. It's a spiritual choice. He tells you, I hope, he doesn't say, I hope you're happy hope you're good, hope you're happy. Are you well? Are you happy? He doesn't say that. He says, rejoice. And again, I say, rejoice. That means you have to make a deliberate choice to go, I'm gonna be thankful for the good things that I've got. I'm gonna rejoice. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, that I have a healthy back, that when I walk around, I don't have any pain in my back. I'm so grateful for that, Jesus. Thank you, God, that I have two legs to walk on. Thank you, Father, that I have a healthy body. I have a healthy heart. Thank you, Lord, and begin to deliberately give thanks. You've got to find something you can give thanks for. You can give thanks that you're saved. Thank you, God. God. Thank you, Jesus. And as you deliberately, intentionally begin rejoicing, and again, rejoicing, as you make that deliberate choice, instead of being dictated to by the fixation of the negative, you begin to focus on the good things that God is doing, and you get power and strength to be able to find solutions and become a prophetic solutionist rather than an anxious warrior. brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. This isn't a suggestion. It's a lamp to your feet when you're saying, I don't know how I can go on, I feel so discouraged, I feel so depressed, I just, I just wanna sit in a puddle and cry. Instead of wallowing in misery and discouragement, let the light of the Word of God be the lamp to your feet that brings you out of that place. And this is what he says, okay, you're feeling down, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are good, whatever things are praiseworthy, meditate on these things. What he's saying is fixate on them. Set your minds on things above. Deliberately, intentionally take captive every thought that is exalting itself against the knowledge of God and intentionally begin to think of praiseworthy things. Okay, how am I feeling today? A bit discouraged, pretty down. All right, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. What is praiseworthy? What can I praise God for? Okay, I'm gonna thank God for that. What's noble, what's true, what's pure? If what's going on in your head 90% of the time is the 2% of the problem that is going on in your life, then you are living an unbalanced life that will cause you to manifest um, Uh, Symptoms of sickness and fear and depression and insomnia. And instead, God wants you to live in supernatural peace and supernatural joy. It's basic. It's simple. But you know, how often do we forget that the Word of God is actually the way forward for us in every situation? If you're waiting for a prophetic word, what's the next step? This is it. Whatever things are pure, whatever things are noble, whatever things are praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That is, let it go round and round in your head. Okay, I thought of that, I did my three things I'm thankful for. No, meditate on it, keep it in there. Think about it again, talk about it again. Deliberately, deliberately fixate on these things. And as you do this, your heart will start to enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. He tells us, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace of God will rule in your heart. Hallelujah. That is, talk to him about what's troubling you. Ask him for help instead of just misery, uh, letting the misery go around and round like a record player in your head. You remember what they are? Yes, hallelujah. They go round and round. (laughs) But instead of letting that go on repeat in your head, break the cycle and say, right, no, I'm gonna choose today. Thank you, Lord. What am I gonna praise you for today? What am I gonna thank you for today? I'm gonna ask you for help with that 2%. I'm gonna ask you for help for what's not happening that I want to happen. I'm gonna ask you for help with that and I'm gonna thank you for it. Thank you, God, as I've asked you for help. Thank you that you are my ever-present help. Thank you, Lord, that you provide all of my needs according to your riches in glory. Thank you, Father, that I have what I've asked for, for you said and promised that I. I have what I ask for whenever I ask in your name. So thank you that you have provided the answer for that. I don't need to worry about that. And now I'm gonna intentionally fix my thoughts on things that are above. After you've done your asking, instead of drifting back into the 2% problem, deliberately, intentionally put your mind on what is praiseworthy and pure. Amen? If you do these things... The peace of God will be with you, it tells you in verse nine, hallelujah. What's happened recently that you can rejoice and be thankful for? Can you think of something? What's something in your family that you can be grateful for? If you're frustrated, if you're having an issue with someone at work, rather than thinking about and fixating about what you don't like, deliberately, intentionally think of, is there something I can be thankful for in them? When you start to focus on these things, this is what will grow, hallelujah. This is what, will, what uh, you'll feed and this is what you'll begin to see more of, hallelujah. Romans 4.17, we know, talks about God who calls those things that be not as though they are those things that do not exist as though they are. God wants us to behave like He does, to start calling those things that be not as though they already are. In the same way as we give thanks, as we deliberately begin to declare and speak about the situations as though the answer's already manifested, as we begin to call those things that be not as though they are, we start to create with our words what's happening, uh, what we wanna see in our lives. We're going to war. We ask. We give thanks. Thank you, Jesus, like it tells us in Philippians 4. Then God wants us to see it with the eyes of our imagination and then just speak it, call it as though it's already happening. Begin to speak it, calling those things that be not as though they are. This isn't a formula. This is faith. Faith knows that this is going to happen. Faith isn't just optimism. Faith is a holy, divine optimism that says, okay, I've asked about this. I'm thanking God, I've already received it. I'm imagining it, seeing it with the eyes of my sanctified imagination, rejoicing and celebrating as though it's already happened. And then out of the overflow of my heart, my mouth's going to speak and I'm going to begin to declare it. Thank you, God. We have a wonderful building that meets all of our needs, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Whatever it is, my finances are in a wonderful state. Thank you, God, all of my family are saved and serving Jesus. Thank you, God, that they are they are all walking in the ways of God. Thank you, Jesus, that my body is healthy and strong. Thank you, whatever it might be. When we begin to call those things that be not as though they are, we are not just doing some sort of self-help formula. It's an overflow of the abundance of our heart. And to get it in your heart, you ask, You thank, you see it, and you say it. Hallelujah. I remember um, one day, many, many years ago, we'd begun Glory City Church. It's now nine and a half years old. We're gonna be 10 years in January. Hallelujah, we're gonna have a celebration, aren't we, Dylan? Praise the Lord, it's gonna be good. But I remember when we started, um, there were so many things and so many decisions. And I was quite used to being the support person, you know, having a senior pastor and then doing whatever needed to be done to help them. But here was me, and I was having to lead the church. And I was feeling a bit anxious about, there's so many decisions, and how do I get the decision right? I want to make the right decision, and you know, I... ah! And I went to bed talking to the Lord saying, this would have been easier, God, if you had maybe let me take over another church that was already up and running so I didn't have to figure all these things out. Or if I could have been helping someone else run a church that would have been easier for me, God. And uh, this is my complaint to him, I'll just be very honest. Like if, I, you know, if, I'd taken, if I'd come in and taken over another place that was already had all their leadership in place and everything was, you know, that would be easier but God, and I went to sleep, and I had a dream, as I often do when I've asked the Lord about something before I go to sleep, and in the dream, I was walking, and I was talking with this tall man who had dark hair, but I knew him really well, but I I couldn't tell you, I wouldn't recognise him in the physical, but I knew him, and I was walking and talking with him, and he was my senior pastor, and I was saying, What do you think about this person for that position? And he said, That's a really good idea. I like that. I think they'll do a great job. And I went, Yeah, that's good. I said, What do you think we should do about this? I've been thinking, and and I talked to him about what I was thinking we might do. And he goes, You know, I think that is the right decision. That's a good plan. And I woke up so full of peace. I was like, Oh, that was nice. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I'm your senior pastor, Catherine. And I realised that he is there, not wanting to control us, not wanting to dictate, Sometimes we think about God, if God would just tell me what to do, everything would be all right. But God's not like that. He gives us the Word of God. He shows us what to do. But He then wants us to be able to walk in the divine initiatives He puts in our hearts. And He wants to counsel us and guide us. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Father is our counsellor our helper, not our dictator, not our controller, but the one who wants to guide us. And knowing that he is there all the time, instead of being anxious and concerned about your problem and your 2%, God wants you to access his divine help that he has ready for you. And as you begin to talk to him as the one who is your senior, and say, I've been thinking about this. I've been concerned about that. Can you help me with this? What do you think about this? Shall I do this? Shall I do that? You look at David. Shall I go up? And the Lord would say, yes, go up. Or, 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 or no, I've got another idea. What do you think about this? And as you learn what it looks like to hold his hand, listen to him and talk to him, and ask him questions, You don't have to be anxious about anything, but you can talk, you can ask, and then you thank him, thank you God. And then you begin to see what what you have asked for. You begin to see the outcome and then you begin to overflow, speaking it out, calling it out in holy confidence as though it's already happening. And then we can live free from anxiety, free from worry as we hold on to the counsel of the Holy Spirit, amen? 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 The Bible says, Sing, O barren, you who've not born. For great are the children, greater are your children. Enlarge your tent pegs, stretch out. He was telling a, a woman who had never had any children, who didn't even have a husband, hey, get really excited you're going to have family you're going to have more children than the married woman you're going to you're going to be abundantly fruitful he was speaking to Israel he was speaking to us to say i want you to get exceedingly happy about the desires of your heart. Because as you have looked to me for help, as you've asked me for help, I want you now to start singing and rejoicing and thanking for thanking me for what's already happening, uh, what, what you've asked for as though it's already happening. Start letting your emotions go into the place where you are so expectant that you are already rejoicing even though you haven't yet seen it. Start preparing, start strengthening your, your tent pegs, lengthening them, make more room, For what I'm going to give you. In other words, God is looking for us to lengthen and strengthen the, the cords of our imagination so that we can contain what God wants to birth in our lives. He wants us to make room for what we've been asking for in our expectation. If you're saying, "Well, God, I'm ready You fix my marriage. Well, God, make make my my wife, make her be more, you know, loving and kind," instead of. Asking and then thinking and moaning and complaining about it. Begin to celebrate. Thank you, God. Oh, God, I'm so happy that I've got this wonderful wife that's so kind. I've got this wonderful husband. Thank you, God, that I've got these children who serve the Lord, who love God. Thank you, God. I'm so grateful, Lord God, that they're walking with you, that they're serving you. In fact, I'm going to make expectation in my heart. I'm going to imagine them singing and worshipping the Lord and serving Jesus and loving God with their lives. Oh, it's so wonderful that I'm gonna tell my friends about how wonderful it is. Do you know what my my son did the other day? Do you know what my daughter did? Uh, And begin to declare in your own private time, calling those things that be not as though they are. My children are worshipers. My husband, my spouse is is a lover of Jesus. My spouse is kind. And and, um, whatever it is that you're believing the Lord for, instead of asking in a way of complaining and moaning, Get thankful, get rejoicing. Thank you, God, that I have what I've asked for. And now I'm not gonna call it as I see it, I'm gonna call it as he sees it. I'm gonna call it with the imagination that God gives me, and I'm gonna see it and say it, calling those things that be not now as though they already are. Because when we do it, we engage with the creative nature of Jesus, the creative nature of God, hallelujah. What can you sing and rejoice about? What can you give thanks for? What in your life can you be thankful for? The enemy would love to cover you with a blanket of discouragement, despair, and heaviness. Circumstances happen, things happen. The Bible says in this world we will have trouble. But take heart because he's overcome the world. God is an optimist. He has irrepressible hope for your life. In fact, I love, uh, Bill Johnson says that any area of your life that, that where there isn't hope is under the influence of a lie. God is our hope. So instead of wearing the blanket the enemy wants to put on you, deliberately go, no, I don't like this dark black feeling. I'm going to turn the corner by deliberately, intentionally Rejoicing, fixating on what is pure and lovely and praiseworthy and good and noble and just. Thank you God, what can I think of that is praiseworthy today? Even in the very area where you're worrying, even in the very thing that you're concerned about. If you've had a bad um, report about your health, instead of fixating on how terrible it might be and what could happen, ask him for help. Thank him for his word, this is by his stripes I am healed. And then begin to thank him. Thank you God for my health. Thank you that I am full of health. My bones are strong, my flesh is strong, my heart is strong, my cells are alive with the life of God. There is life in me that there is hope, there is healing, I'm the healed of the Lord. Hallelujah, let the healed of the Lord say so. I am healed, I'm healthy, I have divine health, hallelujah. If you're struggling with your finances, ask him for help, get real, ask him for divine strategies, for wisdom, and then thank him for it. Thank you, Lord, that you're giving me supernatural ideas. Thank you, Lord, for that job interview that's coming this week, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Emily did that, she's been um, wanting to uh, get a job. And just this week, I was just talking to her, she began to say, I've just been declaring I have have a, a job. She had two interviews this week, hallelujah. Just, it just began as soon as she began to speak it out. You know, God's asking us not to be people who will complain and moan, but people who will declare and believe. People who would engage in faith with the principles of God. The Word of God is a gift to us. God wants us to apply it. Wisdom without application isn't wisdom, wisdom at all. It's just knowledge that puffs up. But when we take what the Word of God says, we apply it to our lives, we walk it out, then instead of living in anxiety, discouragement and depression, you can live a life and a life that's more abundant, a life that's full of hope, full of joy, a life that's not dependent on circumstances for you to be happy, but a life that's filled and overflowing with happiness because you can see the purposes of God and engage with His plans and His His ways to walk in happiness and holiness, hallelujah, amen? Well, Father, we say thank you for your word. Lord, I'm asking for everyone that hears this, Lord, that you'd help them to think of what they can be grateful for today, to be thankful for the good things that they've got, to engage and, and switch paths, Lord God, from discouragement and depression into hope and joy and a future, for we know the plans you have for us, plans to prosper us, not to harm us, plans to give us hope and a future. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we are excited to be able to have family dinner tonight. We're going to not do our normal communion groups, but we're going to have just a short time of ministry together And then we're going to uh, eat together and um, I encourage you to have fellowship with each other and really encourage each other, fixate on things that are noble and praiseworthy and pure and of a good report. But I wanna challenge you this week. My desire for you is that you would walk in genuine joy. And so I wanna challenge you to intentionally this week to become even more intentional about deliberate thanksgiving. About deliberately fixating on what's pure, noble, praiseworthy, true, just. Because I know that as we cultivate this lifestyle, we are going to war against the enemy who would love to come and limit you. God wants you to be the light of the world, bubbling over with joy and satisfaction that He wants to bring you. He wants to fill you, He wants to feed you. Whatever your issue is, well, I don't feel I can hear the voice of God. Instead say, Lord, I'm asking for you to help me hear your voice. Your word says, your sheep hear your voice. So thank you. Thank you, Lord, that I hear your voice. I hear the voice of the Lord so clearly. He speaks to me in myriads of ways. Every day, he speaks to me through his word. Every day, I'm hearing and feeling and sensing the word of God speaking to me. I have have ears to hear his voice because I'm one of his sheep and his sheep hear his voice. Hallelujah. Instead of, I never hear the voice of God. I never hear anything. I'm like, you know, God's not talking to me. He doesn't talk. You can have two choices. One road leads to discouragement and despair. The other leads to life and hope. Hallelujah. My prayer for you this week is that you'll really take this and apply it in your everyday. Amen. Before we um, get the team up and and pray for a few people, I just want to ask you though, tonight... The Bible tells us that the gift of salvation was given to us as Jesus gave his life for us. It's the most amazing love story. It's astonishing to me. that God who knew no sin loved you so much that he came to earth as a man, experienced all the temptations that we ever experience, yet was without sin. Yet he took the judgment and the punishment for your sin by dying a horrible death. And he rose again victorious saying, now I have power to give them my very nature. I I not only have forgiven their sin, I've taken away their crookedness. Anyone who'll believe in me, they will become as I am, as righteous as I am. In fact, righteousness is no longer something that they have to achieve. It is something that I give them as a gift. It's called being born again. He comes to make you a new creation with power. He himself comes to live on the inside of us. Today, if you're here and you know in your heart, you haven't made that choice to receive Christ as Saviour. He's come to save you from judgment and condemnation. He's come to save you for eternity. He's come to take away guilt and shame and condemnation and the wages of sin, which is death, eternally. He came to give you life. He says, I don't want anyone to perish. Everything that needs to be done, I've done. Open your heart, receive the Saviour. It means acknowledging you have need of a Saviour. I need a Saviour. I need Jesus. I want to receive forgiveness. I want to receive mercy. I want to receive eternal life. And when you do that, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's awesome but it's a choice you have to make. If you're here today and you say, yes, that's me, I wanna respond to the mercy of God today. I want today to be the day that I give my life to Christ and I come into the family of God, into the kingdom of God. I I wanna step into life, eternal. I wanna become a new creation. Let me see your hand today, I'd love to pray with you. Is anyone here today that says, yes, that's me? I wanna give my life to Christ today. Thank you, Papa. Well, thank you, Lord. If anyone's watching on live stream, I want you just to pray this after me. Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to be punished in my place. I believe he paid the price for all of my sin. Right now, Lord, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you everything I've ever done. And I receive mercy, forgiveness, grace. I receive your spirit, your life. Come live in me. Thank you, Lord, that you receive me as your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, hallelujah, so wonderful. Well, I'm going to invite Mark and Pastor Daniel. We're going to pray for a few people. How are you feeling? Are you happy? Woo! Praise the Lord. Has anyone got something to be grateful for today? Something to be thankful for? I encourage you, if you need to, write it down. Each day, you could do a thankful journal. Just jot down a few things, if it's a a good way for you to be able to jog your memory. This isn't just a thing you should do. It is the way out of heaviness. It's the way out of discouragement. It's the way out of depression. And if you don't choose to do it, then you'll end up being overwhelmed by that negativity bias that the enemy wants to take you on. That's the way of humanity. But praise the Lord, you're not mere humans anymore. You weren't called to live like the world lives. We didn't have to fixate on problems, but we fixate on Jesus who is the answer, amen. Pastor Joel, do you, are you up to helping us too? He's been working hard, been busy man. Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. Why don't you just take a moment and give him thanks right now. Father, we love you. You're so kind to us. Daddy, we're so grateful. Father, we believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, we don't want to ignore the life that you've given to us. We don't want to live fixated on problems. But Lord, we want to live in life and life more abundant. Lord, you are the life. So God, show us your ways. Teach us your paths. Guide us in the way everlasting. Help us, Lord, to live a life of thanksgiving, a life of hope, a life of calling those things that be not as though they are in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au God bless.